Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. We'll take your calls next hour with Chad Lewis. The latest work, of course, one of the other ones that we're talking about that came out in 2013, I think, the Van Meter Visitor, and that is in Iowa. Is it not, Chad? It is. It's a small town about 20 minutes southwest of Des Moines. And for people who think we're going to talk about Bigfoot here, uh, 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 this is a weird creature, isn't it? It really is. On my 20-plus years of researching the strange and unusual, I have never come across something as baffling and as scary and perhaps weird as what they were calling the Van Meter Visitor, this giant bat-like creature that was reported to be somewhere between 8 and 9 feet tall, had giant leather bat-like wings, it had a horn on its head, which could project light out of its horn. Let's talk about what this is. And when was the first sighting? The first sighting that we know about happened in 1903. And again, Van Meter's the small town of roughly 800 people. 20 miles doesn't sound like a lot today from Des Moines. But back then, that was a quite a distance. So it's a rural community all on its own. In the heart of 1903, the fall, when darkness was starting to take over the daylight, and that's when all hell erupted in Van Meter. Well, it was an incredible story, too. Now, let's describe what this giant bat-like creature looks like. How big is it? What was the wingspan? Yeah, witnesses who saw it said when it stood erect, it was about nine feet tall, and they said it, its wings folded out like a giant bat would. And there were many instances where people saw it running. It always appeared late at night, approximately 1 a.m., midnight to 2 a.m. And they saw it oftentimes running down the middle of the street, and it would extend its wings and fly off toward this old abandoned coal mine on the outskirts of town. And just like a lot of the Mothman sightings of Point Pleasant, where many people saw it and it didn't seem to flap its wings, like it didn't need to. It was just almost had them for show because it could just run and take off and float out to this old abandoned coal mine where people thought it was uh, using as its lair. I was going to say, you know, you've got a lot of Mothman reports with this type of creature. Is it conceivable we're talking about the same thing? It is quite conceivable. Um, a lot of the descriptions are similar. A lot of the supernatural surroundings of this creature are similar. And you know, with Mothman, you had the old TNT mine area, the old bunkers on the outskirts where it seemed to be inhabiting. And here in Van Meter, you had this creature out in an abandoned coal mine. And obviously, the wings are very similar. The look is very similar. But the, the visitor you know, had this horn on its head which many people were awoken in the middle of the night by this strange light coming into their room. And back then, that was a strange thing, so they'd go out to look at it. One of the most prominent people in town, Dr. Alcott, was sleeping above his physician's office. When he was awoken by this thing, he went out to the window to see what was flashing light into his room, and he looked down and he saw this giant monster. And then maybe as a testament to the time period we're talking about, he didn't just look at this thing. He grabbed his weapon loaded with six shots, and he ran outside and blasted at this monster. Did he hit it? He shot it five different times, 
and it seemed to have no effect on the creature, and he saved the last bullet in case he needed it for himself, and he barricaded himself back in the building, waiting for the safety of daylight. The next morning, he went out thinking, I'm going to see something out here dead, some fur, blood, something, and there was absolutely nothing on the main street of Van Meter. Could this thing, Chad, be compared to a Thunderbird, the uh, large bird sightings, or is it still more of a Mothman-type sighting? Well, it had the similar size to what witnesses describe as the Thunderbird, you know, the wingspan of at least 20-some feet. But outside of that, it seemed to be more monster-looking than bird-looking. And the newspaper accounts of the time are very scarce in their details. You would think that they would put never-ending stories about this monster, but they simply left out what color it was. Was it black or white? We don't know. Left out details about its skin and other elements of this monster. And over five nights, they reported it, and the stories get weirder and weirder as the nights go on and on. But yet some of the details that today we would look at and say, why would you not put those in the newspaper accounts? They're simply missing. So a lot of this we're speculating on because the newspaper didn't put it. Exactly. Now, people have reported that this creature could project light coming from a horn on its head and that it had a capability of making you forget your memory. Yeah. What's interesting is one of the witnesses, it was on the fourth night, he was sleeping, Ovi White, above his hardware store about 1 a.m., and he heard the sound of like two uh, files being rubbed against each other, very loud and aggravating and irritating sound. And he came out to the window and saw this thing sleeping on a light pole, a telephone pole, and he took deliberate aim, the newspaper said, with his weapon, and he shot this thing point blank, and it seemed to just wake this monster up. And the monster flashes light right on Ovi White and then released some odor where Ovi White said he couldn't remember what happened next, that once that strange, foul-smelling odor hit him, his memory was completely wiped. And luckily, that night, there was another witness who heard the gunfire, and Sidney Gregg looked out his window and saw this thing descending the, the telephone pole using its beak like some sort of parrot as it descended down to the main street and then flew off to, toward the old uh, coal mine on the outskirts of town. Now, in 1903, they had this rash of visitations and sightings. Have they had many since? They have. Um, the, the creature itself in the main 1903 story, they finally track it to an old abandoned coal mine, as I mentioned, and a posse uh, gathers out there because right next to the coal mine is a brick and tile factory that had shifts of men working 24 hours, you know, three shifts throughout day and night. And they gather this posse, which the newspaper said shot this creature so many times it could have sunk the Spanish fleet. And again, it had no effect on this creature. Either the people were the worst shots in Iowa, or this thing was impervious to their weapons, and it descended down into the mines. And as far as we know, that's where the story left off, like a great Hollywood cliffhanger. 1903, the story just ends. Did they kill it? Did they barricade it? Did it fly off and become Point Pleasant's Mothman? We don't know, but over the years, stories started circulating that the creature was still out and about. And the most recent report I received 
was just a few days ago from a young man who said he was sleeping at a campsite near a uh, lake not too far from Van Meter when him and his girlfriend were awoken by this giant bat-like creature. Had never heard or seen anything about it. But when he went home and Googled, he came across the visitor and said, that's exactly what I saw. Now, what's your gut on this one, Chad, say? What do you think this is? I mean, surely we can't have a bat that big, but who knows? Yes. Well, remember, this was 1903 that the mountain gorilla was just discovered and science was really in its infancy where people were thinking, well, if they just discovered this giant mountain gorilla, if Harley-Davidson had come out with his motorcycle, you know, the crayon crayon just came out, if all these new things are happening... Maybe it's possible that something is out there. And the theories back then ranged from everything from that it was something that was released from the coal mine. Most people don't think of Iowa as a coal producer, but back then this mine, which was closed down at the time, was several hundred feet deep. It ran for miles. They had teams of mules and horses down there. It was a big operation. Many, many train cars full of coal were leaving Iowa or Van Meter every night. So they thought maybe that the miners simply had struck a vein, an ecosystem down there, and released this thing, which would account for it only being spotted at night, being nocturnal. Others believed it was a demon or the devil itself that was released from this mine and terrorizing the people of Van Meter. And then many others in the community simply believed it was some unknown animal yet to be discovered by science. And much like we were talking, George, about the Big Muddy Monster, again, this thing seemed to have supernatural abilities. I don't know any animal uh, that can erase your memory. Obviously, down at the bottom of the ocean, there are some self-illuminating creatures that can produce their own light, but none that we know of up here to this size scale. So one of my uh, authors, uh, my co-authors and colleagues, Kevin Nelson, really took the theory of it being an ultra-terrestrial, something not of this existence. And, you know, I'm, I lean maybe more toward that than it's just some undiscovered creature that we're going to find and put next to a bear. Now, was this uh, area of Van Meter, Iowa, the only area where this creature was seen? During that time period in the 1900s, you had people comparing it to the Jersey Devil, the Snallygaster out east. There were sightings in Utah of a similar giant flying beast. So these things were happening all over America and possibly the world at the time, and they were very similar, these large bat-like creatures. Many seemed to be almost a dinosaur relic of things that thought to be extinct, but maybe they're not extinct. And we scoured the area around Van Meter of the time, all the newspapers, and believe me, as you know, from the early 1900s, there were many, many more newspapers than we have today. So Des Moines itself had numerous newspapers in various languages, and we scoured all the, the countryside looking for other paranormal events that were taking place during the time of the visitor sightings, looking for maybe mysterious livestock killings, weird balls of light, hauntings. And the people of Van Meter were familiar with the paranormal because their newspapers are full of stories around Iowa of haunted houses and airships flying through the area. You know, they had just come through the 1890s of the 
the airship flaps. So people were familiar with the weird and unusual, but I don't think they were ready for what this was. We're going to take calls next hour with Chad Lewis on strange creatures. And, of course, tell us a little bit about the lake monsters of Wisconsin, Chad. Well, Wisconsin is my home state. And as of today, I found over 40 different lakes, rivers, and streams that claim to have or have had some giant aquatic uh, monster, uh, Leviathan of the Deep. And for those of you who, listeners who are not familiar with Wisconsin, we have nearly 15,000 lakes here in Wisconsin, which is much more than our neighbor of Minnesota that has about 12,000, even though they're known as the land of 10,000 lakes. That's right. We actually have more lakes huh. here. So it's no surprise that we get these reports of lake monsters. In fact, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, newspapers joked that if you were a resort town in Wisconsin and you did not have a story of a lake monster, you were behind the times because they were everywhere of people spotting these giant creatures that couldn't be explained. But boy, there's something weird going on. You know, when you look at this and uh, what's going on in the at the big muddy monster area, I mean, creatures all over the place. And these creatures, again, people, these boaters, these anglers, these fishermen at the time, they were seeing these monsters that uh, two different types of sightings. One would be your traditional humpback, long-necked creature, thirty to forty feet in length that seemed to bob up and down in the rivers and the lakes. And then the other was more of what you would think of as a long snake or eel-like creature. But instead of being relatively thin in diameter like an eel, mm-hmm. these things newspapers said were as big as a telephone pole and longer wow. and that you could uh, run a barrel through its mouth. And much like the, the Van Meter visitor, that a lot of these anglers and uh, they would uh, hunt for these things. They would shoot them. Uh, one gentleman stabbed it uh, over 40 times with his stabbed knife. One it? man took his oar and smashed it in the mouth of this giant creature. And it was said when he yanked this thing, his oar free, it uh, had several fangs of this monster lodged into them. Uh, and how big were they? A couple inches long at least? Yes, and they've been lost to history. I don't know, maybe they're in your listener's attic or their basement right now, but we don't know what happened to them. So out there somewhere, somebody has these alleged uh, sea serpent fangs just hanging out in an oar somewhere. That's an amazing story, too. It's more like it's Loch Ness Monster. It really is, and most of the, the people that spotted it, these weren't just people rowboating for the day These that weren't familiar. These were many times fishing guides that they were familiar with musky and they were familiar with alligator gar and rolling lateral waves in the water so they wouldn't be tricked by uh, you know an optical illusion of seeing something some ducks at a far distance and it looks like heads bobbing out of the water that they were coming face to face with these monsters and as we talked about on the show on lake monsters we did one of these lake monsters uh, that borders wisconsin and minnesota is called peppy and it has a $50,000 reward that is attached to it. 50000 Really? Yeah, much much improvement over that $100 reward for yeah. the Big Muddy Monster. Now, yeah. does that garner some people to go out there and try to look for this thing? It does, and that's what the, the gentleman who put the money up for the reward said, is that 
he was watching a documentary on the Loch Ness Monster and said, we have the very same story here, but the only difference is nobody knows about it. What can I do to get serious researchers and tourists alike to come check this out? And he thought, I'll follow you know, in the footsteps of P.T. Barnum, who offered a $50,000 reward for the Lake Champlain Monster, Champ. And as of today, nobody has collected this $50,000 reward on Pepe. I sure hope he's got it, right? Yeah, he does, and uh, the town has really embraced it. The only stipulation, George, is that you cannot hurt the the monster in the process. So whether you use your fishing pole or netting or maybe you just want to old-fashioned wrestle it to shore, you cannot actually harm the creature, and it has to be either a creature unknown to science or one thought to have been extinct that is not extinct. You know, it can't turn out to be a, a, a sturgeon or a giant catfish. It has to be something unknown to recover that reward. And very unusual. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.